Oh, what the fuck up? This is a disclaimer. Before we get into the show, the things talked about in this podcast is props. Meaning everything is alleged. Allegedly. Kick your shit, bitch. Welcome back to Kicking Shit with Rich. How's everyone feeling? I hope all is well. Even if it's not, remember, everybody didn't make it to this day, but you did. And for that, you get a fucking cheer. Happy Friday, motherfuckers. They say the freaks come out at night on Fridays. And so does a new episode of this podcast, streaming everywhere. How was you guys week? Mine was pretty productive. Whole lot of herbs and flowers gone off the market. Phone line was peaceful. The crazies were sane for the most part. The weather was beautiful. Still is beautiful. And so was the money made. I hope everyone got off their ass and bettered themselves throughout the week. If you at rock bottom, just know the only way is up. But you most definitely got work for it. Results ain't gonna happen overnight. Lazy motherfucker. Okay. So now about the episode for today, we're gonna be discussing Jonathan Majors and the snow bunny that might have cost him his motherfucking place in Hollywood. Quickies every week. And on that segment, I have Jamie Foxx and two new updates from Mexico. So I bet not take your ass down on vacation either. Stay the fuck away. And now, y'all, now the introduction's out the way. Let's get into this episode. Let's jump right into it. So, listeners, why are we discussing actor Jonathan Majors today? Because he was just popping about three, four weeks ago, and now his career might be over that fucking fast. I said like two, three episodes ago during the quickies that one of the biggest, if not the biggest downfall of a man is some cootie cat. And once again, what's the common denominator here? Some cootie cat. But this time, it's, it's white, though. Some white pussy. I remember when I text Key. I don't know. Whenever the fuck, whenever the fuck uh, Kane got locked up. But I text Key. I said, Kane got locked up. And if y'all don't know who Kane is, that's the role that Jonathan Majors played in the MCU. And um, Key's first response was, was it over a chip? And there's a guy. As a fucking guy, you automatically know these things, yo. And when you the next big thing, pause. When you the next big thing on the actor scene, you know, because it it definitely ain't uh Michael B. Roe Jordan. Like all his movies, like fast food for real. You eat it, shit it out, and move on. Like. 
really name an outstanding role from the nigga. Like, really. He just got the females on his side for real. So, you know, the females, once you got that fan base, it's pretty much a wrap. But, yeah, really name an outstanding role. And don't just tell me some all right movies that he got or some good movies. With the movie good, he probably he probably like a uh, a supporting actor, like the uh, Wakanda shit. But go ahead, name a role. Go ahead, think of one. I'm gonna give you three to five seconds. Go ahead. Exactly. But um, Creed three was highly successful because of Jonathan Majors, and I felt like Jonathan Majors was gonna put on for the culture on the acting tip. And now with him possibly being out the way, who the fuck we got after Denzel and Samuel L. Jackson? Like, who else? Who up next, yo? Like, my black brother better bounce back from this shit. But um, it's a whole lot of mixed reviews within the situation. I 100% was leaning towards the innocent side. And then after I did some research, I was like, oh, fucking man. I hope bro ain't fuck his career up. Listeners and subscribers, I want y'all to be the judge of that. Let's hear about this life so you can see which direction the verdict may take you or which verdict you may come up with. So let's hear this. His story begins on September 7, 1989. So yes, he's a Virgo. He was raised in Lompoc, California. His mom was a pastor and his dad was enlisted in the Air Force. According to Jonathan, his dad was in and out of his life. Their family moved to Cedar Hill, Texas, right outside of Dallas, and one day his father simply didn't come home. It was an abrupt and cruel abandonment. He told the New York Times that his dad's departure left him feeling the highest level of disappointment. Despite his dad not being around, he told The Guardian he inherited his father's emotionality. His mom got remarried to a man that was fresh out of prison and they struggled to make ends meet. They experienced several evictions, trips to pawn shops, and frequent relocations. During his early years, he was playing football, fighting, cussing, and sagging his pants. He told the New York Times that kids would tease him by making comments like, oh, Jay with the big nose and the big lips. His frustration with all of the teasing got the best of him. He told Men's Health magazine, I have a very high frequency of anger and a very high frequency of sadness. I also feel deeply militant in a way. I view that as I'm a soldier. Shit, that's some evil with them. When he wasn't beating the brakes off of his tormentors, he was getting into it with his stepfather. Jonathan said he would take long walks and punch trees to he let out his anger and stepfather. frustration. He also Especially admitted sons. to NME.com that he had a real issue with authority. A lot of his classmates had fathers that played for the Dallas Cowboys, and Jonathan was very much aware of the socioeconomic differences between him and his classmates. He told NME.com he struggled with seeing his classmates enjoying all the things his family couldn't afford. While the other children were dressed in the finest clothing, he had to wear payless shoes and hand-me-down clothes. Hold on. If I could tell you with that, did y'all hear what she just said? He ain't like seeing the other kids with all the nice shit, and he ain't have nothing at all. So as a parent today, and you've been through that, and you have kids, 
hopefully you're on your grind, if not for yourself, but do it for the kids. Do it for the little babies. Them little bastards ain't asked to be here. But the mothers did, though. But that's a topic for another day. So he started shoplifting, and that led to time in a juvenile detention center. He admitted to Vanity Fair that it was a fight with a classmate and a teacher that really led him to pursue acting. He was placed in boot camp where they had to read Agatha Christie out loud, and he really enjoyed it. Upon his return to school, he was cast in a production of Romeo and Juliet. He told the New York Times, I had a teacher tell me one time, it's good that you can act because you're not a handsome fellow. After pulling a knife out on a classmate, he had to change schools. The change of scenery worked in his favor for a while. He made new friends with the kids in the choir and immersed himself in dance, speech, and debate. He began writing poetry and got various jobs at Red Lobster and Olive Garden. Things were looking up for him until the school found out he lived outside of the district, so he got kicked out. Jonathan discovered that the superintendent was actually the father of a boy he slapped at his old school. In order to make things right, Jonathan went to the superintendent's office and told him he had straightened up, was singing in a show at the school, and wasn't going to screw up anymore. The superintendent decided to give him another chance by reinstating him. Life at like home with his movie. stepfather was becoming unbearable, so I'm he lived in his car sometimes to get away from the drama. During those nights in his car, he began to manifest his perfect life. He envisioned himself in the future as a working actor, moving around a lot and making good use of the complicated emotions he felt. The intense visualizations were a way for him to soothe himself during a turbulent time. Jonathan told the Guardian website that his intense visualizations became so real it almost felt like he had traveled to the future. Later on, he told his mom he really wanted to pursue a career in acting. She took out loans to help cover any additional expenses as he began to visit colleges. But Hold up. Give his mom a cheer on that, y'all. First, he had his tongue clipped to fix his speech impediment. He said, I was accepted to North Carolina School of the Arts with stitches in my mouth. Through acting, he was able to channel his rage into his characters without any repercussions. The past okay, still had the ability evil. to hurt him, so just thinking about growing up in poverty would get him mad enough to want to fight. And if someone made a comment about his nose, it still hurt his feelings. He was able to release those emotions through his characters in a space that was controlled and it made him feel safe. After graduating, 22-year-old Jonathan became a father. Just like during those nights when he slept in his car, he leaned towards his manifestation techniques to soothe himself during the first months of his daughter's life. He told The Guardian, I remember stepping out of the time we were in, which was not so good, and projecting forward to see the beauty of her life and the type of father I want it to be. He keeps his daughter's mother's identity a secret, but he confirmed to People magazine that his daughter is of mixed race. He and his daughter's mother didn't work out. As of this video... Hold on, man. His baby mother white. Well, well, yeah, she's white. She's a snow bunny. And I believe the chick who possibly cost him his career, I believe she's a snow bunny as well. His daughter lives with her mother in Atlanta. 
He later enrolled as a drama grad at Yale University. During his last semester, he got cast as Ken Jones, a gay naval officer in When We Rise. His mom was getting a lot of backlash from her congregation. She tried to explain to the church folk that Jonathan wasn't gay. He was just playing a gay character. Jonathan told GQ magazine he eventually told her to pay them no mind, or in his words, he said, them. He finished his coursework in a trailer on set and never looked back. He began snagging roles left and right, and his image was plastered on billboards. He also reconnected with his father after several years of estrangement. During an August 2022 interview with the New York Times, Jonathan told the journalist he was feeling a little off because he had a nightmare about a dark energy chasing him. He said he couldn't figure out what the energy wanted from him. During that same interview with the Times, he was asked what he thinks about playing the role of the Marvel character Kang the Conqueror for the next few years. Jonathan started answering the question, but abruptly stopped in his tracks and said, I'm going to die soon. I'm okay with that. It won't be drugs. It won't be alcohol. It'll just... something's going to get me. some conjuring shit They say life and death are in the power of the tongue. But did Jonathan have a premonition? Or was he manifesting his own demise? Hold up again. She said something about the power of the tongue, man. Well, speak on positive things, y'all. So that shit could manifest. But also, you do got to put the work in to help bring it to uh, fruition as well. But the power of the tongue is very deadly. And I know y'all don't monitor everything y'all say. But please be careful. Be cautious. Eyes. We'll leave that for you to decide. In February 2023, he told Vanity Fair that he was a private individual and he wanted his career to be based on his performances. He added, I don't bother nobody. I have no interest in the of the industry. I'm in bed by 12 o'clock. Weeks later, he was arrested in New York City and was charged with strangulation, assault and harassment against his girlfriend. Police sources tell us the two had been arguing about a text message Majors received from another woman. After the 33-year-old actor was released from custody, the Manhattan DA requested a full restraining order to keep Majors away from the alleged victim. His lawyer released a statement that read, Jonathan Majors is completely innocent and is provably the victim of an altercation with a woman he knows. We are quickly gathering and presenting evidence to the district attorney with the expectation that all charges will be dropped imminently. His lawyer added that the woman had been experiencing an emotional crisis, which was the real reason she was hospitalized and not because of the alleged attack. Things got a bit strange when Jonathan's lawyer sent TMZ screenshots of text messages between Jonathan and the woman. In the messages, the woman says she told police the situation was her fault for grabbing his phone, and she refused to press charges. She also apologized for him being in trouble. Jonathan replied by requesting for his keys to be left, and then he tells the woman goodbye. A social media user noted that Jonathan and his lawyer's behavior following the alleged attack was a classic case of D-A-R-V-O, the acronym for Deny, Attack, Reverse Victim, and Offender. According to DomesticShelter.org, this tactic is a way for abusers or others in the judicial system to redirect blame by taking attention off of the perpetrator. Deny. 
First, the abuser vehemently denies the survivor's account of what happened. This can also involve gaslighting the survivor to make them doubt their memory of events. Attack. The abuser shifts the focus to the survivor's credibility and whether or not others, including law enforcement, should believe them. According to DomesticShelter.org, this can include questioning the survivor's mental health. Reverse victim and offender. The final step of this manipulation tactic is for the abuser to secure the title of being the actual victim and position the survivor as the offender. After the allegations hit the web, an online user uncovered a cryptic tweet that filmmaker A.B. Allen posted prior to Jonathan's arrest. In the tweet, A.B. wrote, There's a particular actor, relatively new on the scene, who Twitter has fallen violently head over heels for, who, in actuality, is a vicious, cruel, abusive human being, both professionally and in his personal life. And every new viral thirst tweet about him drives me insane. AB has since deleted the tweet. Stage actor Tim Nikolai also took to his Twitter to claim actors at Yale and in the NYC theater communities have known for years that Jonathan is a, quote, sociopath and abuser. It's unclear how the allegations will impact his career, including his role as Kang the Conqueror in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But you hear that, Key? I know that one right there. I know that one. I know that one hurt. Dang. For now, the Army has pulled their recruiting ads that featured Jonathan, and the University of Pennsylvania canceled his April 4th speaking engagement. As of this video, Jonathan is awaiting his May 2023 court date. Although he is presumed innocent until proven guilty, Straight many up. people have already written him off in the court of public opinion. There's Shaking also speculation that his career is over as quickly as it started. Oh, man. So, listeners and subscribers, after hearing that, what's the verdict for you? Do you believe he's innocent or he's guilty? Do you think he really did what they said he did? And a bitch realized, you know, a day or two later, like, damn, I fumbled the bag. So now let me try to make it better. But I don't know. Because his life sound, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it, that's kind of wicked. You just got to go to court and see. And whatever verdict they come up with, then I guess that'll be mine too. Until then, Jonathan made us. He motherfucking innocent. And I'll be back after this with the quickies, y'all. Welcome back to Kicking Shit with Rich. It's time to come fast, a.k.a. the quickies. And what the fuck has the world been getting into this week? Well, we're about to find out. Fancy music me, please. Now, thank you. First up, we have an update on the Mexico Mexino episode. Latavia Washington McGee and her brother Eric Williams sat with CNN's Anderson Cooper Tuesday to tell that story for the first time. 
since being rescued following an abduction in March when he took a trip to Mexico for the chick to get a BBL. Allegedly. Street lies anyway. Um, but the cartel took them and killed two of their friends. Cooper asked if there were threats or demands made of them during their time with the cartel. And the two siblings sadly said yes. They said the kidnappers asked that they sleep with one another. McGee and Williams said that they pushed back, telling the cartel members that they were related. And McGee also stated that she was pregnant at the time. Red flag. So you telling me that she was pregnant? Is it safe for pregnant women to get surgeries? Specifically BBLs? But anyway, in the end, McGee said that the two other Americans, Shaheed Water and Zendel Brown, they attempted to make a run for it, but they were gunned down. Who the fucking cartel, man? Who you bitches? guns for y'all, too. Next up is Jamie Foxx. Sources with direct knowledge, a.k.a. his daughter, they tell TMZ that Jamie Foxx suffered a medical emergency Tuesday morning and was taken to the hospital. They say his condition was serious enough that Jamie's family, some of whom were not in town, they came to the hospital. One source said he's awake now and communicating. I got the scoop on that too. And my sources said that he had a stroke. So prayers to Jamie Foxx. Get well soon. And lastly, on these quickies, it's a fucking failed justice system that we have in the United States. U.S. officials announced that they would not be pursuing criminal charges following, following, excuse me, the 2022 death of Shankrella Robinson. According to the Charlotte Observer, the U.S. Attorney's Office in North Carolina shared that the FBI and federal prosecutors have concluded their investigation into her death. Bitches. At the moment, it is not clear how this will affect the requested extradition the Mexican authorities issued last year. It was previously reported, I'm sorry again y'all, it was previously reported that the Mexican officials issued a warrant for Dejanay Jackson, one of the people Shanquella had been traveling with at the time of her death. Nonetheless, U.S. officials did clarify that Dejanay is not a criminal suspect. However, the Department of Justice motherfucking they did not uh detail their position on the extradition u.s attorneys sandra harrison and dina king they said in a statement based on the results of the autopsy and after a careful deliberation and review of investigative materials by both u.s attorney's office federal prosecutors informed miss robinson's family that they uh the evidence does not support a federal prosecution I ain't done yet, but just off that, I'ma boo them. Boo them. This fucking justice system is a piece of shit. And if y'all ain't doing shit, then the Mexican government better be handling this, man. Fuck the president. Fuck the government. Fuck all of them except them food stamps, baby. We love the food stamps. Cheers for free food. Tastes even better when you don't got to pay for it with your own money. But do I have any honorable, honorable mentions today? I got to check. I do, actually. It's more updates, y'all. The Ravens signed Odell Beckham Jr. We don't give a fuck. Um, 
Frenchie from the old Brick Squad. This nigga caught 12 years for three counts of first degree burglary and one count of second degree burglary. And I got one more honorable mention. It says former former Tesla worker Owen Diaz. He was awarded 100. Damn. $137 million last year Wow We want to cheer him 137 M's For dealing with racism on the job They say the supervisor Called him nigga 30 plus times Oh shit They say uh, The $137 million Was reduced to $15 million Because he rejected And asked for a retrial and he only wind up getting fucking 3.2 M's. Told y'all, yo, this fucking justice system. Y'all get beat all day. Wow. I feel like this was the longest cookies I ever did. But, yup. That's it for these week's cookies, y'all. And I'll be back with the final segment. Which means it's about time for me to get the fuck out of here in a few. After the segment it is. But yeah. I'll be back after this. Welcome back to Kicking Shit with Rich for the final time today, y'all. Y'all already know this is the last segment of the show And this part is mandatory I must tell y'all three things I learned from today's episode And I never waste time Jumping right into it Number one I learned that with Jonathan Majors Going through his little issues or whatever We're gonna need to find us another black actor To hold us down To hold the culture down Because Samuel L. Jackson Denzel Washington They on their way out the door and once they dip, who the fuck got us? Mm, to be continued. Two, I learned that I'm still not going to Mexico. I don't want to go to Mexico no more, more, more. Nope. Three, I learned that our justice system is going to continue to fail us. So with that being said Please be safe out here Please stay out of trouble Each day y'all leave out I pray all y'all make it back safe In one piece And yeah man That's three things So That means it's time for me to get up out of here Before I go, I need y'all to go follow me on Instagram at Kicking Shit with Rich. Yep, just like the show title. I have listener support in the description of every episode. Show some love. I also have a voice link in the description of every episode. So if y'all want to make the show, click that link. Send me a voice message. I'll plug y'all in. Please be respectful. Because if you don't, I'm going to air you the fuck out. I swear to God. 
And I also want to say two more things before I go. Just some food for thought. One, don't light yourself on fire to keep others warm. Nope. And two, forget the mistake. Remember the lesson. And yeah, like I said, we out of here, y'all. Kick your shit, bitch.